Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Blog Talk Radio. out there. And uh, a day early, I hope you all have a fantastic, wonderful, loving Valentine's Day tomorrow, because uh, it's a day when we celebrate romance. And uh, romance is kind of a, a new term, uh, speaking, because for many, many centuries, uh, romance was not part of the relationship. But in those many, many years, uh, the the whole concept of romance has undergone a lot of changes. But the one thing that really hasn't changed very much over the many centuries are women's sexual attitudes. Now, um, this is your host, Ellen Nicholas Rathbone, and uh, this is something that I have looked at very, very closely because I've been in the pleasure party industry for 32 years now, and it always strikes me as a little strange and a little peculiar that uh, there are basically three basic types of attitudes when it comes to women's appreciation of the sexual relationship. Uh, Originally, I read about these when I was pregnant with my second child. And every day when I went to the clinic to wait for the midwife, uh, I would read the sex in history. And it comes to find out that um, Socrates came up with these three titles or these three uh, descriptions of women's sexual attitudes. And, And so... When I read about them, it caused me to take pause and then to pay attention and see if I couldn't identify those attitudes in the people that I met, the women that I met at my pleasure parties. And boy, was he right. There are three basic attitudes. The first one is the wife. Uh, the second one is the barterer. Uh, Socrates called her a prostitute, but I will get into what that means. And the third one was the hetere. My mother told me that hetere in Greek means the other woman, and I will describe and explain what all three of these mean. The wife is the woman who has sex for one reason alone, and that is to make babies. When she has her babies, uh, her sexual appetite diminishes greatly, and if she never has sex again or if she only has it once in a blue moon, that's perfectly okay with her. She's usually embarrassed about sex. Uh, she likes to have sex always with the lights off. 
sex for her is um, absolute necessity and only to make the babies. And then after that, it's seen as something that is base or dirty or nasty or something that, you know, civilized human beings don't do. If they don't have to do it, they don't do it. And and she sees the people that enjoy it, uh, she kind of terms them with uh, less than flattering names because she herself is not comfortable with her own sexuality. Now, the wife is a woman who um, will use her uh, appreciation in her body to lure a husband or a potential mate to her, uh, and and he and he might even think that uh, she's willing. I mean, she's never really the aggressor, but she might be willing to have uh, coitus with him because she wants him to think that this is a relationship that can, you know, that can go forward and he's going to have this beautiful woman and she's going to be the best thing that ever happened to him. She's definitely going to be the best thing that ever happened to his kids because for her, sex is for one reason alone and that is to make babies. And I think that if you really think about it, you can probably name about, I don't know, a good 30% of women who have this sexual attitude. I mean, they're all over the place. They come to pleasure parties, and the thing that they are only going to get is maybe a novelty to laugh at. God forbid they should ever get a vibrator um, or a lotion used for pleasure. Um, they find that any kind of sexual experimentation is a little scary and, in a lot of their words, considered freaky. I don't understand that. Um, for them, missionary position is acceptable, but, you know, don't mention bondage, uh, don't, mention, don't mention imagination, definitely don't mention lingerie. A lot of them are really um, intimidated by lingerie and stepping out of their comfort zones, and they feel very foreign and weird and uncomfortable to um to assume the the position of um sexual seductress that's not something that would ever ever happen so there is there are a lot of men out there that want that kind of a wife and what i really believe is if that is your sexual attitude and your sexual preference, then be who you are. Don't be ashamed of it. Don't be afraid of it. There are lots of men who do not have huge sexual appetites, and they are looking for a woman who doesn't ask for much. And if she's willing to allow herself to um, have pleasure or to be close to you, for that brief moment once in a blue moon, uh, both of you can be very, very happy. And, you know, there's nothing, there's no competition here. It's not right or wrong. It's not bad or good. It's just what it is. So some people want to pretend that there's something that they're not, and you should never pretend that you're something that you're not. Be who you really are. And if the idea of uh, sexual play or fantasy or, you know, too much foreplay or any of that kind of stuff, God forbid, sex with the lights on, um, is embarrassing to you, causes you tension or stress or, or feelings of insecurity, then um, do what is best for you. I mean, there are lots of people who seek help because of this. That's like 
seeking help to be somebody that you're not. I think that in the beginning of your life, there are certain influences that come into your life. Certainly, your parents influence your sexual attitudes. Uh, Most definitely, your mother um, has a very strong influence. Uh, But sometimes, you know, you think, well, gee, my mother was a very hot woman and she enjoyed sex tremendously, and that might work to the total opposite of her daughter, who might think that her mother was a little too wild for her, so in her attempt not to be like her mother, she goes completely the opposite way. So, you know, you never really know uh, how a person is going to react to the influences that are going on in their lives, and uh, it's not a guarantee that you will end up being just like your mom or just like your aunt or just like your grandmother. Uh, You could be, you know, who you are uh, because of the positive or negative situations that you have found yourself in as a child, and they all played into the history of who you are. The second type of lover, uh, woman out there, uh, Socrates called her a prostitute. And uh, I I don't really like to use the word prostitute because today uh, people think of prostitutes as, you know, call girls, they're standing on a corner, they're getting paid a lot of money for going up to people's rooms. There's all different levels. Uh, Some people call them sex workers, uh, whatever, that I'm not trying to judge them. But these are women who actually want sex, but only as a bartering tool. They will get together with a guy, and uh, the guy has to be able to supply them with the things that they deem are important. So if you promise her and you're able to deliver, you know, a nice car, a big house, Uh, lots of money, expensive vacations, nice clothes, jewelry. She will give you the kinkiest sex that you can ever, ever imagine. Now, you have to remember, for both ends, the man has to remember that usually women with that mentality, with the barterer mentality, are not easily satisfied. They're not satisfied easily because they're not approaching sex with their own pleasure in mind. They're approaching it with what else they can get from the relationship. And when you're going to truly enjoy your sex life, you have to be very present and you have to be very committed and into it with the person that you're there with. And if you're doing it more as a job, um, then you're not, the the emotional content, the emotional necessity of being connected with that other person is not always there. Again, um, how she was raised, what her influences were, that all plays into this attitude. But I can tell you, again, 30% of women have this attitude that they use sex as a bartering tool, what it can get for them as opposed to what what kind of sensations or pleasure they can get out of it. And I think that what they're doing in their own way is they're undermining their sexual relationship because the man who falls for a woman or is attracted to a woman who has the barterer's mentality, he doesn't really think that he needs to please this woman sexually. 
Why does he have to please her when he's paying for the pleasure of her company? He's paying with all of the extra things, the house and the car and all these things, uh, to have her in his life. So her pleasure is not as important as his pleasure. His pleasure is paramount. So really, in that relationship, um, it's kind of difficult because um, people want pleasure. Everybody wants pleasure. But if you're coming at it from that perspective, from, well, I'm not really here for pleasure. I'm here just to you know, fulfill my obligations so that I can enjoy this stuff around me. And he's coming at it from, why do I have to please her? I already bought that then uh, those relationships are usually fraught with a lot of turmoil. And the only reason I'm, I'm even talking about this today is because I want to make a really clear point that everybody who enjoys sex or everybody who has sex does not enjoy sex the same way, and certainly not for the same reasons. Everybody has their own agenda when they get together and when they find a mate. And even though these discussions are not held and and not actually hashed out so that, you know, the man knows what kind of woman he's marrying and the woman knows what kind of man she's marrying, those discussions really should take place before a couple gets together. And it's a difficult talk. It definitely is. But um, there are people, lots of people out there, men who want a woman just for how she looks on his arm. And she doesn't want really much more than to just give him what he wants if indeed she is getting the material things that she wants. So, you know, again, this is not a judgment. It's not like, oh, well, you know, she's missing out and he's missing out. No, I think if they're happy and if they or if they think they're happy and if they um, find any kind of relationship satisfaction in what they have agreed is their relationship, that's great. The problem sometimes is that a man will marry a woman and think that he can buy her affection, but if she is not a uh, barterer, he cannot buy her affection. And that kind of causes men confusion. They're like, well, wait a minute. I took her to nice restaurants. I bought her that beautiful jewelry. Um, I took her on a vacation. And she still doesn't, uh, she's not warming up to me. Well, she doesn't have the barterer's mentality. She might have a, a wife mentality. A wife can also be seduced by nice things. But she also, the wife's primary goal when she is sizing up a partner is in getting a good partner, somebody who's going to be able to supply her with what she needs to give her family the home and the security that they need. So, but again, the wife is never going to pretend that she's actually enjoying sex, and the guys really have to, you know, pay attention to um, to see what kind of a woman is this. Lastly, but certainly not least of all, is the hetere. Hetere, uh, also known as the other woman, is the woman who actually enjoys sex. She has it for one reason alone, and that is because it is the most magnificent, satisfying, exciting, beautiful, 
experience of being a human being. And most Tetere are very, very in touch with themselves. They are easily orgasmic. They have been some of the most renowned, famous women in history. Uh, Men like uh, Pericles, the guy that uh, designed and built the Acropolis, had himself a Hetere. And um, these are women that throughout history have been educated, and they have always seen themselves as equals with men. And uh, they don't necessarily want a man in their life to treat them as property or to, quote, take care of them. They want to be an equal in the relationship. They'll take care of him, and he'll take care of her, and they'll do it for each other, not because she's the weaker of the two or not because she expects that um, he's going to father you know, her children and so now she needs him. Uh, Hetere are women who cannot be bought, and they are insulted when a man tries to um, seduce them with material goods. Rather than being real, rather than being honest, rather than being um, the true person that he really is, um, he tries to hide who he truly is by giving her gifts and um and that's kind of insulting because uh, gifts are not going to give you an orgasm. And gifts are not something that are satisfying for very long. I mean, the diamond is nice, but it's not an orgasm. And uh, and having someone apologize to you for the rest of your life uh, because you made the mistake of marrying them and um, they are not doing what they're supposed to be doing or they're not fulfilling their end of the bargain in the marital relationship, uh, that's something that a hetere would not stand for. In fact, if you if you ever find yourself dating a woman who is a hetere, uh, I would strongly recommend that you always bring your A-game. Always bring your A-game because if you bring anything less she's going to call you on it. Not only is she going to call you on it, but she is going to expect better. And there's going to be arguments. If you think that you can um, soothe it over with a present, that's not going to work. If you apologize, well, the apology will be accepted maybe once, but you cannot use apology as part of the relationship. If you are a man who was um, selfish in the beginning, um, but you found yourself with a hetere, even though I can't even imagine a hetere going out with a guy that's selfish, um, you're going to have to learn to be less selfish. You're going to have to learn to actually be giving. Then in my book, um, Loving Sex, Every Woman's Guide to Sensual Sexuality, I also discussed the four attitudes of men and how they progress in their sexual lives. The first one I described as the high school senior. The high school senior is has hair trigger trouble. He doesn't have a whole lot of sexual technique. He um, is not in control of his uh, ejaculate. He is not in control of his body. Uh, if he sees the naked female form, he gets excited very quickly and soon after has his orgasm very quickly. Um, he says a lot of I'm sorry's, and sometimes he doesn't even say I'm sorry because 
it's all about him. Sex is all about him, and she is just there for him. So if you find yourself with a high school senior, uh, ladies, um, if you're a wife, it's probably okay with you. But um, if you're not a wife, I strongly recommend that you get yourself a vibrator and take care of yourself because if you want to stay married to somebody who has a high school mentality, um, you're not going to be satisfied by him. And these guys, uh, unless they are forced uh, to to look at themselves and to look at what the relationship is and what their part in it is, um, if they're allowed to continue doing what they're doing, if they're enabled to continue doing what they're doing because the woman that's in bed with him fakes every orgasm and then cheats behind his back, uh, he will continue to do what he's doing. Then there is the college senior. The college senior has uh, some techniques under his belt. Uh, he's probably a really good kisser. Uh, he has some. He has a couple of areas of expertise, and um, he's not great in everything. But the things that he is good in, he's very good in them. So, uh, again, for a woman who doesn't have a huge sexual appetite or really doesn't expect a whole lot from a guy, uh, he's a lot more considerate than the high school senior. And for many women, he is adequate as a lover. I mean, I think that, you know, he's the kind of guy that a lot of women are comfortable with because he's not expecting much. And if she doesn't know about her own body, and if she doesn't really see sex as something that um, is an adventure or something that she wants to invest herself in, um, the guy with the college senior attitude uh, is appropriate and fine for, for many, many women. Then there is the master. The master is, in my opinion, the best lover you can find. I mean, there is the Ph.D. above him, but the Ph.D. has his limitations. He has his problems. I'll talk about the Ph.D. first. The Ph.D. knows everything. He knows every sexual technique, every position. He uses every oil. He uses every toy. He is adept at everything he does. He also has a ravenous sexual appetite and is usually never satisfied with one partner. So unless you are into an open marriage, an open relationship where you are willing to share this man with whoever he finds gets a fancy for, um, that's the Ph.D. And I would recommend that you really need to know yourself before you want to hook up with somebody like that. And again, it's not a bad thing. If you should find yourself ever having sex with a PhD, it will be the most outrageous, exciting sex you've ever had in your life. But again, is it a long-term relationship? Only you know the answer to that. But the master, who is just one grade down, um, he also knows everything that the PhD does except that he doesn't feel the need to uh, spread it around. He can be very, very happy in one relationship if indeed his partner is has a um, an appetite that is um, equal to his. And he can find that fantasy and toys 
and any kind of adventure in the sexual relationship can be satisfied with one woman. So if you are one partner, I don't want to limit this to sex and say, well, it has to be one sex or another. This can go um, with gays. It can be for uh, straights. It can be for anybody. It's just about the attitude of the person and how much they know and how much they're willing to share and how much they're willing to um, enjoy the relationship with what they know. So in conclusion, I just want to make sure that everyone understands this is not a judgment. This is just an observation. When Socrates talked about it, uh, he wasn't, again, judging. And when I would meet the women and meet the men that uh, I discovered had these sexual preferences, I wasn't judging them. I mean, as far as I was concerned, I had in my life what I wanted. So I was just kind of looking, we'll see, who would this person go good with? Who would this person match up nicely with? And I really believe that there is somebody for everybody. Everybody, there is a person out there who will meet your sexual expectation. They will be able to meet your sexual tastes and, um, you know, you don't have to change for anybody. I just hope that in your lifetime that you enjoy all of the pleasure that you have inherently in your body. Everybody has the same parts. Everybody has the same erogenous zones. And uh, whether you want to accept them as such is your choice, always your choice. Now, I've talked about these different types. And I want to make mention that if you would like to read about them, these are all talked about in my book, Loving Sex, Every Woman's Guide to Sensual Sexuality, along with all kinds of sexual techniques and uh, explanations of toys and lotions, etc. My book can be found at Amazon.com. If you look under Ellen Nicholas Rathbone, you will see that there are two books there. One of them is Don't Do It in the Dark. That's the one that the guys seem to enjoy more. And the other one is Loving Sex, Every Woman's Guide to Sensual Sexuality. That's the one that the women seem to gravitate to more. But both of them have the information about the different uh, attitudes of sexuality and all the hints and um, suggestions for finding the perfect complement to your sexual attitude. Along with that, my website, www.yourpleasure.com, will redirect you to the bigger site of sensuality, sexuality, pleasure, advice.com. And when you visit my site, I hope that you will comment on some of the pages that you have read. I always love to hear the comments. And if you have a question or a suggestion for a show, I would love to hear it because pleasure is the name of the game here, physical pleasure. I I know that uh, in this world today, a lot of people are talking about um, pleasure of the soul and pleasure of the mind. But um, I like to keep it to the physical level at this point because the body is part of the triune being. We are body, mind, and spirit. And uh, there is no 
no need to ignore the body or treat it as if it's a shameful, horrible thing. It's not. It is a beautiful creation, and it has an awesome potential for pleasure. So understanding your mind-body-spirit connection, understanding your sexual attitudes and how they affect your choices uh, is very, very important. And you have to understand, you're not going to change anybody. Just like if your attitude is as wife or as barterer, nobody is going to change your mind. The only person that can change you is you. And that's only if the need for change comes from deep within you. If you feel like you want more from your life, then you have to ask yourself the hard questions. And then you have to admit what it is that you're afraid of before you can move forward. Because there's one more thing I want to leave you with. Every single choice that you make is going to be made from either fear or from love. And if you make your choices based on your fear, fear of lack, fear of insecurity, fear of being forgotten, Uh, fear of not being enough, whatever your fear is, then uh, that is a life that is insecure and not very satisfying. But if your choices are made from love, love of self, love of God, and love of the relationship, then your choices can only be healthy from there. But remember, it always starts with love. Next week my guest is going to be the famous Kathy Blake from uh, Colorado. And she and I are going to have a very lively discussion on sexual enjoyment after brain injury. So many people, whether it was through a car accident or, or any kind of an accident or maybe a war injury, have been hurt. And if you want to be left with a little bit of hope on enjoying your sexual life again, please tune in next week. I want to leave you all with a happy Valentine's Day. Thank you very much for joining me. Namaste. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. 
In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.